0: It's been a busy day, but a good day.
1: Yeah. Okay. Hopefully productive.
0: Yes. Very productive. Before I forget, last episode, when we did the grill ritual, I did forget one thing in the ritual itself. We didn't pull the cups apart at the end of the ritual. And so if you did the ritual, please go and sit with your cup and pull it back from the communal cup. Because otherwise, anything anybody does with their cups is going to impact everybody else when they're working with their cups. Joey told me before we started the episode that he put his through the dishwasher. So that should be fine. If you threw yours through the dishwasher, then it's probably already separated, no problem. But for those of us who have things that can't go through the dishwasher because they're sitting on altars and whatever your cup back from the collective cup so that you don't get impacted by everything the other people are doing with theirs, okay? And, and to do that, all you do is just visualize it, right? Just just know that it's true. Hold your cup and say, this is my cup and my cup only, and it is not connected to anything else. And that is sufficient as long as you intend it solidly. Please do that, and my apologies for uh, forgetting.
1: <laughs> Perfect. So we're back here for Spirit Sherpa again. And oh. we're gonna be talking about archetypes today. Or one specifically.
0: Yes. Well, one specific archetype, yeah. And we're gonna cover a couple of different archetypes in this episode and the next one. And then uh, and then we're gonna talk about how they interact in relationship. Very cool. So we're we're leading up to our hundredth episode. I'm we very are excited. Very
1: close. Very, very close.
0: It's a big benchmark. So we're super, super happy about that. Yeah. I just have to say, guys we wouldn't be leaning up to our 100th episode if you guys hadn't actually been tuning in and listening. So <laughs> this is all on you. Thank you very much. <laughs> because if you guys weren't listening, then we would just be talking to nothing. <laughs> right, right. And so we really appreciate your being out there. Even if you're lurking and we don't know who you are yet, we appreciate you. Exactly. And we invite you to get in contact with us um, in any other ways that you hear at the end of every freaking episode or <laughs> almost every freaking episode.
1: <laughs> almost every, yeah. We try
0: to make it accessible without being obnoxious. (laughs) All right. So, topic today, warrior, savior, knight in shining armor.
1: Ah, yes. The knight in shining armor. We've all heard this this expression before, but what does it mean? What do we mean when we say archetype? Let's start there.
0: So, an archetype is a overarching concept, right? So, when we talk about the hero or the princess, right? The mm-hmm. fairy princess, knight in shining armor is an archetype. The damsel in distress is an archetype. And the sidekick, mm-hmm. each of those are an archetype of their own. So we, we have these universal themes in life. And the themes are the archetypes. Okay. Well, themes is kind of a weird word to use, but it's a A role. I think role is a better word to use than theme. So they're universal roles that people put on and they play for a period of time. Um, Usually you don't spend your life in an archetype. Okay. The role that, that we play is integrally connected to our experience of it. So when you step into the role of hero, there are certain things that you have to do and certain things you don't get. And Kathy and I talked about this on the Hero's Journey episode when we were talking about mythology.
1: Yeah.
0: Same thing happens when you step into the role of knight in shining armor. So when we think of the knight in shining armor, who is the famous knight in shining armor in history?
1: I'm assuming we're talking about Lancelot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Lancelot is the knight in shining armor. Exactly. That's, that's the guy. He's the... He's the the warrior and he's he's sensitive and he's good and he loves the queen who he's not supposed to love, right? right. <laughs> and so he's forever in the friend zone with the queen, right? Yep. <laughs> Except that he's not because he cheats with the queen on the, on the king and that gets a little ugly and, <laughs> and yeah. He's the guy on which the knight in shining armor is modeled. And then it gets a little blurry through all of the Grimm's fairy tales and more the Disney's fairy tales have really blurred that knight in shining armor. He has become the prince that saves the fairy princess, who is considered to be the damsel in distress. And so these knights in shining armor, they tend to have this warrior-savior thing going on. Okay. And so the warrior-savior is, Here I come to save the day! It's all fantastic, Except if that's who you are, because when you're a knight in shining armor, when your role in life, when that is the role that you have taken on and you hold, and ladies, I am talking to most of you, (laughs) okay, this is going to be the thing that's going to twist your brains is that from the people who come from challenged childhood, about 90% of the people who step into the knight in shining armor role are women. So I'm speaking to you ladies <laughs> <laughs> that when you step into the knight in shining armor role, and some of you guys are going to be in this role too. And I, I want to be really clear. I'm going to talk about this as, as a dualistic thing that you're this or that, but you're almost never just this or that, right? You're usually some combination thereof, right? Because Internally, we are whole beings, whether we realize it or not. And so we always embody multiple aspects across these things. But we have a dominant and a non-dominant aspect. It's that yin and yang. Our dominant aspect is the one I'm referencing. So you'll be able to identify yourself as we go through this. But this is for you to, to sort of sit with and think about. If you're a knight in shining armor, when you define yourself as a warrior savior, Mm -hmm. which is what a knight in shining armor is, when you define yourself that way, you're always looking for a fight and you're always looking for somebody to save. It doesn't matter if they want your help or not. Okay. Okay? (laughs) And I I need to say that out loud because oftentimes (laughs) (laughs) we come barreling in and they don't want our help and we don't care, right? <laughs> I'm like, no, I can save you. And they're like, I didn't ask for your help. I don't care. I can save you. <laughs> I know better than you. That's my job. Look at me. I'm not a knight in shining armor. I can't save you. If you will not be saved, you must be saved. <laughs> Joey's laughing. I think he recognizes this, yes. <laughs> here's, here's the thing, right? This is never about the person who needs to be saved. It's about you having to hold the role because honestly, what you're trying to do is just save yourself, right? You couldn't save yourself as a child. You couldn't save yourself. So now you're out to save everybody else who might be victimized. And that is not going to fix your inner child. I just want to be clear. I'm going to say that up front. No amount of saving other people is going to save your inner child. Okay. So let's be clear. You cannot fix it on the outside. It has to be fixed on the inside. Okay. When you're standing in the knight in shining armor role, you are overbearing. I'm sorry, this is going to be painful to hear, but you are overbearing. You are constantly under stress and pressure from yourself mm-hmm. to find the next person to save, to do the right thing, to to be strong and powerful, to, you know, gear up and be ready to meet the world. You can tell that I was the warrior savior because I picked the last name Sparta when I got divorced. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ooh, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was who I was. I was so entrenched with my warrior that I took the name of the warrior city estate, yeah. right? <laughs> the one in which the women were warriors too. My my shaman at the time looked at me, yeah, you know, pretty, pretty far into my process with him. And he he said, You know, Kelly, he said, your bitch lives right out on the porch. And she's the one who greets everybody. And he said, you know, she doesn't really need to live on the porch. She could live in a box in the attic because it would take her no time at all to burst out of the box in the attic, break through the front window and land on the head of the person who needed to be landed on. He said, you could actually greet people with somebody other than the bitch. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, (laughs) All right, I'll try that. And that was the beginning of the softening, people. Yeah. That was the beginning of me me getting softer. And so people who knew me twenty years ago ago were like, Oh wow, you're really a lot easier to be around. <laughs> like, yeah, it's amazing what happens when the bitch is in a box in the attic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is such you know. a weird analogy, but I think I understand
0: it. <laughs> it worked for me. Yeah. So, you know, this is this is the thing when when you're living in the warrior savior mode, you're meeting everybody with the bitch on the porch.
1: Right. right? The aggressive facade constantly.
0: Yes. It's the protector. And they're they're protecting you. Mm -hmm. Right. That's that's what they're there for. But, you know, you hold it up as a protector for everyone because, you know, we, we have a hard time doing anything just for ourselves. Right. And so, you know, when you live in this mode, you tend to surround yourself with other warrior savior types and when you surround yourself with other warrior savior types, what happens is you end up with warrior love and warrior love looks like, Hey, Hey, poke, poke, poke. You've got a soft spot here. Poke, poke. You want to tighten that up. Poke, poke. Look, this is, this is really vulnerable. Poke, poke, poke. This is, I know it hurts. I know I'm, I'm poking it for your, your good. I'm going to poke the spot that hurts so that you will toughen it up because you got to toughen up because something could come and stab you. This is my way of loving you. Poke, poke, poke. Okay. That's warrior love right there. Not happy love. (laughs) Let me tell you, that is not yummy, gooey, unconditional love. That is warrior love. Toughen the hell up so you don't get killed. Right. That's warrior love. So if you have friends who do that, just know that's warrior love. Yep. And give them this episode. Okay. (laughs) Because they need to hear it. Now, so you get warrior love. Because you have warrior friends, mm-hmm. you get stress and pressure because you're constantly looking for the next thing. You're 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 like a, a warrior in the battlefield who has never been off duty. OK, he has PTSD and he's going to shoot anything on site that looks remotely like it might be an attack because it's easier than having to figure out if it is or not. Because he is frazzled and has no ability to discern and is overwhelmed.
1: Shoot first, ask questions later.
0: You'd first ask questions later yeah. and, and clean up the bodies So nobody finds them. Right. Right. That's it. <laughs> Cause he can't get in trouble. Cause he's got no bandwidth to deal with that either. So you're overwhelmed. You're under stress and pressure. You're angry all the time. It's probably right underneath the surface. Yeah. It takes nothing to set you off. You you're constantly exhausted and snippy because you're, you've given everything you've got to everybody else and you got nothing left for you. You feel empty inside a lot. Mm-hmm. If you're not full of anxiety, you're full of nothing. You have a hard time setting boundaries unless you're yelling at somebody mm-hmm. <laughs> to back the fuck off, right? <laughs> There's intense amounts of perfectionism and and needing to control a situation. And because you're constantly trying to be perfect, you demand perfection of those around you. Mm-hmm only it's slightly less perfection than you demand of yourself so that you can think of yourself as reasonable. I got news for you. The level you're expecting of them is unreasonable. The level you're expecting of yourself is insane. That's how that goes. Yeah. And because you're in this perfectionistic insanity world, you feel like you're superior to other people because you're working yourself past the point of exhaustion which means you're getting more done in a day than most people get done in a week, which makes you look good, makes you feel good, makes you offset the sense that you're never quite good enough, that you're feeling like an imposter and that you might not, that you might be caught, that you might not be good enough. So you got to overdo so that people don't figure it out, mm-hmm. which then allows you to feel superior. So if you know somebody in, in your life, who's got this sort of, I'm better than you thing going on, it's because they don't feel good enough. Okay. Have a little compassion. There's also this sense of constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop. Things are going great. What's going to go wrong? Right. No, no, this is awesome. You did great. No, no, no. What's going to happen? Yeah. So you never get to enjoy it. You have an achievement and you don't get to enjoy it because you're either waiting for something to go wrong or you're going, okay, that's done. What's next? You don't give yourself time to appreciate it. And we've I'm pretty sure we've talked about this, like when I published my book in real estate and I didn't give myself, but like 30 seconds to celebrate it. And then I was off doing the next thing. Typically the warrior savior, knight in shining armor also has really high self-esteem. Oh, okay. Self-esteem, meaning your ability to be competent and to get things done in the world. But like no self-love, no concept of self-love. It's like, well, but I, th- I think good of, you know, I'm, I'm really good at things. I'm good. That's self-love, right? No, not self-love. Okay. And I know we've talked about this, but I'm going to reiterate it because it's important. And because you're in this state where you're constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop where there's no self-love, you end up in this joyless life where you're existing, you're not living. Mm-hmm. And life is a battle.
1: It sounds like you exist in a state of duty, not a state of appreciation.
0: That's a fantastic way of putting it. Yes. It is a state of duty. I remember having a conversation with a boyfriend 20 years ago and I was like, you know, all I really want is just to be off duty. Hmm. And he was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm on duty all the time. You know, I'm the safety girl. If somebody drops an ice cube on the floor, I have to pick it up. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm on duty all the time and I just would like to be off duty. <laughs> and he didn't understand it Yeah, because it wasn't his experience of life. And a lot of people haven't understood it because for me it was that level. He had knight and shining armor too, by the way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, he just had it in a softer way. So he, he was a rescuer. Okay. He he was all about the rescuer side, not much about the warrior side. From his angle, it was I will save you, you know. Yeah. He he looked for the for the damsels in distress in that way. And I was his damsel in that particular instance. <laughs> I, I I attracted a lot of knight and shining armor's which was odd for the fact that I was one too, <laughs> except that I was definitely in need.
1: They all thought you needed saving.
0: Well, I did, I did kind of need saving, and, uh, but I wasn't willing to accept saving because I was the <laughs> warrior, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when you're the warrior, who who needs to be saved? Yeah, so that's its own challenge, right? <laughs> and And we'll talk about that more as we talk about getting into relationship here. But, you know, for the warrior savior, the... Life and love are a battlefield. Okay. I'm making my Pat Benatar reference for those of you who are too young to know. But yeah, life and love are a battlefield for these people. So, and when I say these people, I mean me. Just know that I'm saying it all with love. (laughs) (laughs) I know some of the things that I've said are quite harsh, but life is harsh when you live in this mode. I'm not saying things to be mean. I'm just saying that this is how it is. This is what it feels like to live in this state. It's a tough life. It's a really hard life yeah. because there's never a break. There's never a downtime. And you are constantly looking for the next thing to prove yourself worthy of love. Yeah. Ultimately is what you're looking for. The knight in shining armor becomes this shield that we hold up. To hide behind, to pretend that we don't feel inadequate, to pretend that we don't feel good enough, to pretend that we don't feel unloved, to pretend that we aren't afraid, because we're afraid constantly. Right. And it's something we don't even want to admit to ourselves. I'm going to do really deep analyses of these different archetypes, these two archetypes, because most of the people listening to this program will fit one or both archetypes. And I think it's important for you to understand the archetype that you're living in and or archetypes, right? Mm -hmm. And the archetype that you're probably dating or married to because these people get together. (laughs) We're going to do the warrior savior knight in shining armor this episode. Next episode, we're going to do the damsel in distress, right? And so these two date each other. They get married to each other. And they have all kinds of interesting experiences. We're not going to talk about that in this episode or the next one. We're going to talk about it in the one after that. Okay. So you guys can be on the edge of your seat for the next ones. <laughs> so <laughs> the thing about the knight in shining armor is that underneath it, it's being driven by the victim archetype. Interesting. You would think that it was a damsel in distress, right? Right. And damsel in distress is being driven by the arch- archetype of victim as well. But... The knight in shining armor is also being driven by it. So one is driven into the arms of the victim. The damsel in distress goes into the arms of the victim. The knight in shining armor denies the victim and is in rebellion against it. But remember, when you rebel against something, it is still controlling you. It's controlling you in your opposite. You're not defining yourself individually. You're being defined by the opposite of the thing you don't want.
1: Right. You're simply doing the opposite of what is being forced upon you as opposed to what you want
0: to do. Exactly. And so the thing that we don't want to look at, the thing that we are most unaccepting of is victimhood. And so we will deny it by saving the other person so that they don't get victimized and we don't have to see it because we don't want to be with it in any way, shape or form because we're denying it at our own being.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Or if someone is whining, And complaining like a victim, we will have no patience for them. Right. You know, suck it up, strengthen up. Yeah. That's the message that they get. And if they don't, we have no time for them. Like, ah, they're just a whiner. They're negative. They're complaining. They're such a victim. Ah, you may not do that out loud, but I'm telling you in your head, this is what (laughs) you're doing. And I know this because I did it. You know, yeah. I was that person. And, and I hear when I speak with clients, they're like, yeah, that's kind of where my head is. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's okay. It's us not looking at our inner victim and not being willing to admit where we have felt victimized. Okay. And so because we aren't admitting our own victimization, we go looking to prevent other people's victimization to, to make ourselves feel better about it well, I couldn't stop what I did, what happened to me, so I'm going to fix it for somebody else.
1: So it sounds like a lot of what this archetype is in terms of probably what it seems like we'll get into in the next one is reacting to a situation, in this case some sort of victim trauma, with fight-or-flight responses. And in this case, it's the fight response in this archetype.
0: Yeah. Uh, I would say fight, flight, or freeze responses. Okay.
1: As opposed to integration.
0: As opposed to, you know, healing and integration. Yes. So this is the fight response. We've talked a lot on this podcast about how we work through these sorts of things. Yep. So if this is your first episode, please know we're getting pretty deep into something that we've talked about pretty extensively throughout the the series, uh, throughout the whole podcast. And so... If, if this is feeling a little overwhelming to you and you're, you're like, ah, what did I get into? <laughs> Go back and listen to some of the earlier podcasts and it'll, it'll start to make sense. Uh, but I'm talking to people as though you've been listening for a while now and you have a context for this. Right. The night in shining armor is something you, you can take the armor off. It can be done, but you can't take it off without being willing to be visible, to be transparent to feel a little vulnerable sometimes. But, and I say this with all love, please don't do the thing that I see people do when they first try to take their armor off, which is they walk up to the person who's most likely to hurt them, hand the virtual knife to them, and stick the knife to their neck. Yep. And say, please don't cut me. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) Don't do that. You know, this is about finding the people who are safe to share your heart with, not handing them a knife and saying, please don't cut me. The discernment is the hard part. And the discernment will continue to be hard until you start to see what it's like to love yourself and to treat yourself well. Because up until that moment, what we look for in the outside world, what we look for in a partner is someone who reflects the way that we treat ourselves. When we go looking for that person who reflects the way we treat ourselves and we are a dictator who beats the living crap out of ourselves internally, who never gives ourselves any downtime, who never uh, allows us a mistake or, or any love to come in the door or any softness in life who, who drives us until we are exhausted and we fall down, you don't get great partners right. when you go looking for somebody who treats you the way you treat yourself. You end up with some pretty crappy partners, you know, emotionally, physically, whatever. When you're trying to put down your armor, the best bet is to start putting down the armor with yourself first, which mm-hmm. is often some of the hardest work to do. Yeah. And that's why it's often helpful to get some help with it. When we start internally, the external shifts automatically. So, you know, easily said, not as easily done. Right. And most people end up working it from both places at the same time. They usually do some outer and some inner and work to the center, Mm -hmm. but it is fixable. That's what I'm trying to say. You know, right now, when you're in this place, you know, we talked about being on duty and the PTSD and the, you know, the trigger happy and all that other stuff. When you're in that place of constant defending, it feels like there's no way out. It feels like. It's survive or die. Yep. And there is another path. Okay. And you know, that path is oddly surrender.
1: Which is not easy to do for a warrior.
0: Correct. (laughs) But surrender in this case does not mean surrender the battle. It means surrender and accept what is. Stop fighting to deny what has happened and accept what is and trust that you will walk through a path that will take you to a better place. Surrender, as we've talked about, almost ad nauseum, I think, is letting go in faith that things will be okay. Yep. Letting go in faith that you will manage to make your way through it. And I say this because as a warrior, you need to be able to rely on yourself. And so you can either trust the universe or you can trust yourself or both either Or both of those paths work just fine for surrender if you trust. Mm -hmm. But you've got to also let go of control at the same time, which for those trying to rely on themselves is a little more difficult. This is very interesting. This came out of a... I did a coaching call this morning with my group. This conversation came up on that call. And it was such a great insight to share. I want to share it here too. And it's about surrender. One of my students was having a hard time with surrender. And he's like, "I, I just... I managed to let go. And then I, I was like, but I wasn't paying attention, blah, blah, blah. And then I, I grabbed onto it again. And I, now I can't let it go again. I'm like, yeah, that's what happens. Do not focus on letting go. The moment you focus on letting go, what you're actually focusing on is the grip that you have on the thing that you're trying to let go of. Right. You're just like, oh, I'm holding on to it. I must let it go. And now you're focused on the holding on and the, the battle between holding on and letting go. That is not going to get you anywhere. That's right. going to get you stuck right where you are. So what you need to do instead is focus on your trust in the universe and your trust in yourself to be able to deal with whatever the universe brings you. Okay. When you focus on those things, the letting go happens of its own accord.
1: And that's like when we meditate, if we spend our entire time meditating, trying to focus on clearing our mind, then we will never clear our mind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Because <laughs> you're going, what's in my mind? What's in my mind? Oh, there it is. Oh, oh, I'm down a rabbit hole. Oh, wait, I'm down a rabbit hole. I got to get out. I got to clear my mind. I got to clear my mind. What's in my mind? Oh, yeah. wait, I'm down a rabbit hole.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: The never ending circle of insanity. Right.
1: Yes. So in this case, when we talk about letting go, we talk about surrender. We talk about that in the context of the knight in shining armor. What we're talking about is the path to healing. To yes. that integration element, to processing that which created the armor in the first place.
0: Yes. To Ultimately, the goal is to, the path of healing is self-acceptance. Yeah. Self-acceptance and self-love.
1: And that self-love is something that the Night in Shining armor lacks. Yes. Which this allows them balance. Yeah. So that's been really cool. I think we've learned a lot about this. I'm excited to get into the Damsel in Distress next week. Where
0: I, I can feel everybody going, what do you mean you're not going to cover it right now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, too much for one. Too much for one. <laughs> Lots of fun stuff in the next couple episodes. But if you've got questions about this, if you feel like you're a knight in shining armor, if you want to talk a little bit about what does surrender mean in this context, and as Kelly says, we've talked about it a lot on the on the episode, but it's always good to talk to community members about it. Why don't you come into Facebook, into Spirit of Podcast After Party on Facebook, where you can join the community, ask these questions, and be part of the conversation that's going on there.
0: And if you know this is you, if this has described you so much to a T that you just can't even take it, mm-hmm. <laughs> then it would be a good time to sign up for a discovery call and talk to me about maybe finding a path out. Yeah. You can do that on the homepage of my website.
1: Perfect. And with that discovery call, they can still sign up for... Uh, energy scans. And if they're newbies, you've got a special going on for them as well, right?
0: Yeah. So let me discern the difference for you between a discovery call and an energy scan, because I get this question a lot. Yeah. A discovery call is free. It is a time for you to sit down and talk to me about exactly what's going on in your life and what, what you're trying to accomplish and whether, and and for me to talk to you about the program that I run and whether or not it's a good fit for you. Um, It's a chance for us to interview each other. Basically you're, you're checking to see if I'm going to be the person who can teach you stuff. And I'm checking to make sure that you're going to be safe for the community that I'm bringing you into because safety is paramount in, in the work that we do. Uh, If you're not feeling safe, you don't transform. That's just the way it works that's a discovery call. That's usually an hour. An energy scan is where that is a paid thing. And if it is your first energy scan and you're coming in through the podcast here, there is a link in the show notes that will give you a discount. Normally, this is a $250 process and it takes 45 to 90 minutes depending on the person, how many issues that we're looking at and how many questions they have and things like that. And it's a flat fee of 250 bucks usually. The special that you can find in the show notes is $150. Mm-hmm. And that's because I never have to prove to people the second time they have an energy scan how valuable it is, but in the first one they're like, I don't know, what, how could a, you know, 45 to 90 minute thing be worth 250 right. bucks. I never get pushed back on the price on the second one, okay? <laughs> so that's why I give you the discount on the first one. So the energy scan is I actually literally send a tendril of energy into your energy field. I read your aura. I read every single chakra in your system. I tell you what's going on in every place, what the blocks are, what the what they come from, what how they're likely manifesting in your life, and what you can do to fix them if there's a quick fix. If there's a quick fix, I will hand it to you in the moment. If there is not, then we'll talk about it at the end of the call. And I'll give you some ideas for ways that you might deal with it from there. Okay. Awesome. And I do this over the phone. The uh, discovery calls are done over Zoom so we can see each other and have a conversation like we're in person. Yeah. The energy scans are done over the phone because I want you to know that I'm reading your energy field and not your body language. Yeah. And we record it because people will go back and listen to it like five, eight, 10 times over the course of six or nine months. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's so much information and they always say, I, I just heard, I'm, I'm on my fifth listening and I heard something I've never heard before. How do you do that? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, I don't. It's, you weren't ready to hear it. So hopefully that, that defines it for people. I've gotten this question so many times that I felt like I needed to answer it in, in depth.
1: Yeah. So there's a couple of different options they have. They come into the group be part of what's going on. They can sign up for discovery call. They can sign up for an energy scan. They can do all of those. There's options. And as we go through this time together, as we are processing through a lot of these things, as we're being introduced to these new concepts, like these archetypes specifically today, the knight in shining armor, these are things that we're, we're sort of uncovering in ourselves and we have to process through that sometimes. So there's Kelly is giving, giving us the, the tools and the options on how to do that that's perfect all right is there anything you want to say to wrap up the knight in shining armor
0: be kind to yourself it's um it's very easy listening to this to be like oh i suck you know don't don't go there yeah you know you're you're doing the best you can with what you've got you've you've done very well for yourself you've made it through this far just be kind to yourself
1: indeed all right. Well, that is all that we have for this week. But please be sure to join us next time as Kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy, magic and the spirit world. I'm Joey C here with Kelly Sparta and you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa. So long, everyone.
0: Bye. Bye.
1: Spirit Sherpa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises, and is distributed under Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to CreativeCommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to k e K-E-L-L-E l l e at k e l l e s p a r t a dot That's Kelly at KellySparta.com. To sign up or to get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to KellySparta.com. This episode of Spirit Sherpa has been produced by Honu Voice Production